Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Purity After Promiscuity podcast, where I'm your host, Janelle Renee, where we are redefining a woman's worth. Amen. I'm so excited. It's Friday. It's our normal time to get together to meet, to fellowship. And um, I have a special guest with me today. <laughs> I have my little cousin. Uh, she's one, about to be two. So I just want to give you guys a disclaimer. If you guys hear her or hear any unusual noises or sounds, it's because we have our special guest who refused to allow me to be great, right? She just wants to be involved and wants to be doing and what, what I'm doing. So maybe she'll grow up and be a podcaster. You never know. But today's episode is called Lord Help My Unbelief. And so if you can hear um, the worship in the background, that is CeCe Wynes. Believe for it. Um, I don't own the rights to this music, but um, it is one of my favorites. I know all the songs be like one of my favorites, but it, it is. And I think it's very befitting for today's episode because it's this song is called Believe For It, right? And and I don't know about you, but I'm going to be honest. There are some areas that I struggle with belief, right? Like there might be an area of my life where I can totally trust God and I can totally believe what he what he said at his word and then there's other areas where I'm just kind of like I'm just either it's just I'm afraid of being disappointed maybe I just never seen nothing like that before so I, I'm you know kind of struggling with my belief there you know maybe you know I've just allowed you know my circumstances to become bigger than God's word whatever the reason I struggle and so I feel like well you know what I'm sure I'm not the only one so I don't want to get too into it but I definitely want to encourage us to make sure that we, even in the moments where we're feeling like we're wavering in our faith, worship, 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 worship. It just does so much. It just can take your mind off of whatever your circumstance is. It'll take your mind off of you. It'll take your mind off of the, the problem. And it'll put it back on God. And you will find that you will get peace in worship. You will find that you're no longer anxious when you get in worship, you'll find that, you know, you're no longer worried about tomorrow, right? Um, I find it interesting that the Bible tells us not to worry about tomorrow for it has, you know, its own worries. To worry, just focus on today, right? The present. And, and that's hard, at least for me, a lot of the time because my mind, I, I like to overthink sometimes. I overanalyze, you know, I'm always trying to fix it. You know, I want to figure it out. So my mind is, my wheels are always spinning and I'm thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen next week, what's going to happen next month, you know. And so just being still, quieting myself and learning how to just focus on what's in front of me right now today is something I'm I'm learning and I'm practicing, right? And so I just wanted to um, give that tip um, right in the onset because I know that sometimes it's so easy to say, you should just believe God because he said it. And is that true? Absolutely. But what does that look like? You know, how do you do that? Right. And so I just pray that today we can get some application, some practical application in how to really allow God to come and help our unbelief. Right. How to surrender to the idea that, Lord, I have I'm struggling in this area. I don't really believe, you know, my faith is very, very small in this area, you know, or maybe I don't have any at all. Because God already knows, right? 
And so um, I just am so excited that um, God allowed me to just have this uh, opportunity to teach, to minister, to deliver the word um, that I, like I said, I believe is um, is relative to my current situation, but um, prayerfully it is also something that, you know, you can benefit from, that you can glean from, that you can take with you and you can take back to God and you can go and confirm if this is your word or get more understanding or more instruction or more revelation and so i just am believing god that by the end of today's episode amen that our belief is going to be ignited so i'm excited i'm excited and i don't know if you guys can hear her but it's like she's singing to the worship so i'm gonna let her do her thing you know because i never want to stifle when the lord is even you know moving through our babies we got to always remember that god is no respecter of persons and he don't have no um age limit right that he'll use babies we know the word tells us out of the mouth of babes and so we don't never want to take for granted when we see our children and they're responding to worship and they're responding to praise or prayer or even if your children come and say um i had this dream or you know they just have a random thought or you know they feel like you know maybe the the lord is saying something to them and and if they're old enough and they want to come and they want to you know release that to you be open because a lot of times I find that when we're praying and seeking God for things, he attends to answer us in unorthodox ways. And so we may be expecting him to speak directly to us, maybe via, you know, some kind of confirmation from reading the word. Or maybe we think we'll hear from him in our own spirit. Maybe we think it's going to look like this, but he'll sometimes he'll bring it through our children. So especially if you're a mother or um you know you're around your the children and your family you know just very be very sensitive to the move of god even through our babies um so i don't know i guess that was something the lord wanted us to to, to know because I, it just came into my spirit just now i'm a mother i have children and um i know one of my children in particular my youngest he um has a real high awareness and sense sensitivity to um spiritual things and, and um to heaven and even, you know, um, he's prophetic um, and um, he just always has been this way. Right. Ever since I can remember, there was just such an anointing on him from a very young age to know things like things, you know, heavenly things or having the understanding of what things are or, you know, just having, you know, come to me like mama had a dream or mom this or mom that just on his own, you know. And yes, I do um, have Bible study with my children um at home but i want to say that as well in the same way that and when it comes to school we should not allow the school be the totality of how our children receive education um because we know that school regardless public school private school you know one can be better than the other as far as the curriculum or the academics but they're not teaching certain things right there's just certain things that our children will not receive if we solely depend on an educational system to be the only um, voice or be the only, um, you know, form of education that they're receiving. So that we have to take it upon ourselves to teach our children about certain things, teach our children about, you know, black history, you know, to teach them about other parts of culture, you know, to teach them about, you know, more in, you know, depth things in the arts or teach them, you know, whatever it is that our, our desire is or whatever, you know, we believe that is going to be necessary for them to be whole humans, to have the, you know, a true broad um, and sober um, 
mindset, right? Um, in order to function in, in this world, because I find that a lot of time, some people, they just, even children, they respond in certain things or they have a certain understanding or they have a certain, you know, belief system around something because they just have never been exposed to anything outside of that. Um, and like what I mean is, you know, I know for me, I have all sons, so they all want to listen to rap, hip hop, you know, that's kind of like all they want to listen to. And so, um, my son had an opportunity to go on a field trip to see the symphony um, a couple of days ago with his school. And I signed him up and I told him to go. And he was kind of like, what's the symphony? So I'm, you know, explaining it to him and them. So my older son, you know, he was just like, what is that? You know, what's the symphony? And then he get to Google it. And he was like, oh, mom, that's corny. Why do you want to go for it to do? He don't need to go to that, mom. Don't let him go to that. And I'm like, listen here, he needs to go because he needs to be exposed to more culture more things in the arts he needs to have more exposure to different things who knows he might grow up and love the symphony he might be inspired to now he wants to you know be in an orchestra or anything you just never know what exposing our children to to more than what they may be exposed to just in the educational system can do for them they may have an, a revelation and it may unlock their gift you know it may it can do so many things so i just encourage us to not just in education but in, even when it comes to the bible don't let you know church and kids church or sunday school or you know bible study be the only time that you know your children are hearing about god and and reading the bible and and praying you you want to have that be a lifestyle you want your children to have that at home you want to be able to you know develop that um bond and that community with your children in your house and that's one thing i do do i don't do it perfectly there are times sometimes the busyness of life i forget but I always try to come back to the foundation, right? And and making sure that you're educating and teaching your children and telling your children about God and the things of God. And even being honest with your children about your own personal journey or your walk and, and being open in front of them because they'll have a more sober understanding of what a relationship with God looks like and what it requires when you're not, you know, always trying to shield them from everything. Like, yes, use wisdom, but I'm in a season where like I, my children are a little older, you know, I have a 16 year old and a 10, he'll be 11 this month. And so they are at an age where there is a certain level of things that I'm experiencing, you know, in my personal life, you know, that that impacts our entire family that I can share with them. And then I'm also able to share with them the the, the part of my journey and my walk with, as a as a as a woman of God, as a believer, as a Christ follower, and, and what that looks like and what believing God looks like or what repentance really looks like or what, you know, unforgiveness looks like, you know, what, you know, prayer looks like, what, you know, showing, you know, mercy looks like, you know, or whatever it is, I'm able to model that before them in real time and not, you know, hold that back from them, even the hard places, you know, even something like, you know, struggling with unbelief. That's something I talk about with my children. Because it's, it's the odds are as they walk out their journey with God that there may be some times where they struggle with unbelief as well. And I never want them to feel like something wrong with them or I never want them to feel like that that's abnormal or unusual or, you know, God to be mad at them because, you know, they're they're having a little a moment of unbelief in that in that area. So it's so important for us to teach our children the way that they should go. We got to train them up. And yes, 
taking them to church and you know them being involved in bible studies or sunday school children's church or whatever whatnot that's amazing like do those things but don't let it stop there it's our responsibility as parents to make sure we are teaching our children and that we're even involved in or inquiring or oversighting what they're being taught in those other areas right and so again i think god just really wants me to be on that and i think it's important um, and while we're there, I'm just going to say this as well, because I know I'm having an experience with now transitioning my younger son back to school and um, he's been homeschooled. So I haven't really had to worry about too much kind of what's going on in the schools, what's going on, you know, um, in the, you know, curriculums or what's being taught or, you know, who these teachers are, kind of what's what's being done, you know, different things. I haven't really had to be involved or aware of that um, to a certain extent. And so now with my son going back to school, the reality of the truth that the enemy is looking to truly kill, steal and destroy. And he's looking to do that through our children. He's looking to indoctrinate them with different things. It's not just an agenda of, you know, perversion or agenda with sexuality and the LGBTQ and the transgender, like that is there. Like that is definitely there. That is definitely one component. But I'm starting to notice that there's a, another component that is just as um, present and just as, you know, gaining traction as, you know, a, a living a lifestyle that is in opposition to what God has created us to live. And that's witchcraft. Um, it's, it was interesting because my son, the first day he go to school, he come home and he asking me certain questions like, mom, what's the medium? You know, mom, we read this book. We read this weird book um, in school and they had a medium in it and it had a witch in it and it had a this in it and a that in it. And so, you know, I started explaining him because, again, I don't sugarcoat things for my children because I grew up very ignorant to so many things in, in life and in the world. A, because my parents just didn't know as far as. They didn't have a relation with Christ. They're not, you know, they weren't living a lifestyle, you know, a godly lifestyle. They weren't, you know, believers at the time. So I didn't grow up in the household with just certain knowledge when it comes to, you know, being in faith and being a believer. And then there were just certain things they just didn't teach me for whatever reason, whether it was they didn't know or they chose not to. I don't know. But I grew up with so much ignorance and it just took me a very long time to be to, to come to the realization that certain things exist or certain things are real or, you know, certain realities. Right. And I don't want my children to have that because it did me a disservice. And I don't know if you're like me being a parent is, you know, learning from the mistakes that even my parents made and doing better in those areas. So I particularly am very open and transparent with my children. So I started exp explaining to him what a medium was. And he didn't even say crystal ball at first. He just asked me about what a medium was. But when I got to explain it to him what a medium was, I mentioned like, you know, they can use certain objects. And I say crystal ball, crystals, emblems, whatever, you know, going down the list. And he was like, it's funny that you said crystal ball, mom, because in this story, um, the medium had a crystal ball. And so um, he's just kind of telling me about this, this book. And in my mind, my thought is, what does this book about magic or witchcraft or mediums and psychics and wizards and all these other things, right? What does that have to do with anything academic, right? Um, but then also when I took him to school, um, one of the teachers that approached me, you know, who just happened to come into the office, you know, she offered her assistance and her help, you know, she was kind and everything. Um, 
I could tell that she was in the all call because there were certain things, jewelry and different things she had on. Right. And she she just had certain things on that I because of the knowledge that I have. I recognize to be, okay, those are old caught symbols or they, those are old caught, you know, charms or whatever. So I just thought to myself, like, wow, this is so interesting. Um, then I stumble across some, um, articles about some children. I know that it happened to be in, I think, Columbia or somewhere, but Lord knows, I'm sure it's happening in other places, even here in the States, where, um, 28 children passed out because they were playing with a Ouija board in school in the classroom. And then it was several actually different instances at different schools of children having to go to the hospital, being found unconscious, you know, passing out, drooling at the mouth, having extreme anxiety. All these different things happened because they were playing with a Ouija board in school, like in class. Um, it wasn't that they were sneaking. Uh, obviously, a teacher, somebody had to bring it there and it, it was something that was, you know, a known thing, right? And so this is the reality of what is happening in the world. And we can't shell our kids from every single thing. So the best thing we can do for them is to equip them, right? Equip them with knowledge for, it tells us in Hosea, for my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Equip them with knowledge. Equip them with knowing how to prayer. Equip them with knowing how to plead the blood. Equip them to every time they go into a into any place that they declare the kingdom of heaven is at hand equip them right because their their warfare is is not their weapons of warfare excuse me are not carnal you know they're mighty in god for the pulling down of strongholds even children you know i started teaching my children at a very young age you know about casting demons out or if you see anything if you see you know you know you see something that's like a shadow or you see something or you feel something and it doesn't have a right to be here it's not supposed to be here and you have the authority in jesus name and so you can tell it to get out in jesus name i because i was tormented as a child Things used to come and torment me at night. My beds used to shake. You know, I used to be held down and couldn't move and couldn't speak and all these things. And I didn't know what to do. And I got full of fear and I lived with so much extreme fear um, for years, even as I got older into adulthood to where I didn't even want to sleep with the lights off or I don't watch TV much. But even back then, I would just want the TV on so the light of the TV could be in my room because I used to get so much fear in me. Because I wasn't equipped. So equip your children. Equip them. Let them know that they are the light in the world. And where there is light, darkness cannot be. Let them know their authority. Equip them with scriptures. So they know what to stand on, right? And so they, because they're in this world. They're living in this world. Whether they go to homeschool, private school, public school, charter school. It doesn't matter. As some, somewhere, if they're in sports, you know, if they're just hanging out with their friends. If they're, you know, in the community, somewhere they're gonna they're gonna come you know um they're, they're gonna come across the world and so the best thing we can do for them is to equip them so i again this is obviously something lord the lord want me to do because this ain't got nothing to do with my unbelief um or lord help my unbelief but i will say this as well parents mothers um fathers if you are believing, come on now for your wayward child. If you are, I have a 21 year old, so I can relate. I get it. I understand. And if my sons were raised up in church all their life. Now, I will be honest to say that I wasn't always living a lifestyle of, you know, 
of being a woman of God or of being a Christ follower. I wasn't always practicing and doing the word. You know, I'm just being honest. So they were exposed to a lot, but they were also exposed to Christ. They was also exposed to the word. They was also exposed to prayer. They was also exposed to the things of God. And so um be encouraged, right? And maybe that's your area of unbelief that you're needing God to help you in today. And I just want to agree with you. And in particularly, I'll ask you guys to do me a favor. If that is you, if you are a parent, if you're a woman, um, a mother, a father, and you're believing for your wayward child, maybe it's a teenager, maybe it's a young child, maybe it's an adult child, whatever. Um, and you want me to agree with you because like I said, I am believing for my own son who I know has an anointing on his life. You know, I know that God has really anointed him for greatness and it's a matter of the enemy fighting against that. I want to agree with you. I want to pray with you. Um, and I want us to just really come together in agreement and believe that God is bringing our children out that he's bringing them out of the world you know the bible tells the revelations to come out of her come out of the the whore the harlot of babylon come out of her you know we're calling our children out of this world out of this perverse um and wicked generation right we're calling them back into the kingdom of heaven so i want to agree with you and believe that god is going to do it whether it's your son whether it's your daughter it does not matter you have a wayward child i will agree with you that your our children are taught of the lord and their righteousness and their posterity is from the Lord and our children will they obey their fathers and their mothers and the the uh, the the rebellious is turning to the righteous, right? Our children, they have the mind of Christ, right? Um, that they are blessed, that their minds is blessed, that the work of their hands is blessed, that they love the Lord thy God with all their heart, all their mind, all their soul, all their strength, that us and our entire households are safe, that we have the holy blood of the lamb, the holy blood of Jesus Christ running throughout our veins and everything that has come from us has also um, has the blood of Jesus running through their veins, that we are blessed and the fruit of our womb is richly blessed in Jesus name. Um, so again, I would love to pray with you and um, agree with you about your um, your your child that you're believing God to re to redeem it and, and to, you know, bring back um, into the kingdom. Amen. So let's get it going. Um, Lord, help my unbelief. I just do want to thank each and every listener. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Purity After Promiscuity podcast. Again, I'm your host, Jenna Renee. I am so excited um, for all my new listeners. Thank you so much. Hey, girl. Hey, I appreciate you so much. Welcome to our community. We are a community of sisters. You know, sometimes we have our brothers, you know, come into the live or, you know, whatnot. And that's okay because um, the word is for all of us. However, God particularly has graced me to his daughter. So I tend to um, do a lot of things catered to women. Um, I think when we come together as sisters, when we come together and we're able to uplift and encourage one another, when we're able to come alongside and lock arms, right? When we're able to, you know, just um, have that wise counsel. The Bible says there's safety in a multitude of wise counsel. When you have accountability, um, when you when you have someone who truly genuinely cares for you and loves you and is rooting for you and supporting you, that's what this community is all about. We're all on the journey. We're all on the same journey. We all have the same destiny in the sense that we're all wanting to make it into the kingdom, right? That is all. That is the the that's the promise. And so we thank you so much for joining us. Um, continue to rock with us as we go on this journey. We are in our fourth season in our identity series and even in our identity as women of God, having 
faith, right? And being women of faith and having belief is so crucial um, as as women of God. So we just thank you so much. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for every stream, every listen, every download. Um, to all my uh, faithful and loyal listeners, hey girl, you know, I just appreciate you guys so much. You mean so much to me. Y'all guys are so much more um, paramount to this podcast than you know, because um, it's not easy, you know, to get up here every week, you know, faithfully uh, and to really just come with a word, especially when I'm depleted sometimes, especially when I'm discouraged, especially when I just don't feel it. You know, I don't always feel it because life, life be life and right. And so, but when I think of the one woman who may need to hear, the one woman who may be on her last, you know, on her last string, you know, or right there on the edge and, you know, and, and maybe she just happened to come across the podcast. So I never want to have that blood on my hands. And, and I know that we all, you know, are going through, some of us may be going through different things, but we all, you know, have trial tribulations. We all experience opposition and stuff. And so I just want to make sure that I can, Stay the course, right? <laughs> Stay the course. So I do thank you guys. Um, I, I do want to say, please, please, please like, comment, share. You can comment um, on Spotify if you're listening on Spotify. You can comment on Podbean if you're listening on Podbean. Not sure about the other platforms you may be using, but if you're using Spotify or Podbean, you can comment. I did post a question on Spotify particularly. You can respond to that question. I'll get that and I'll be able to engage with you in that way. Um, always, I'll leave my contact information in the description box if you want to reach out to me and connect or, you know, get some encouragement or some prayer. Please don't hesitate to do so. And share, 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 share the podcast because there may be someone who needs to hear what the Lord is speaking, you know, or whatever wisdom or the teaching that he is um, ministering through me in the moment. So don't hesitate to share to your girls. Hey, thank you for welcome. Welcome for joining us here today on the live. Thank you so much. Um, but yes, as we're going to go, go forward and talking about Lord, help my unbelief. Now, I think it's so interesting because as believers, it's like it really is progressive, like faith is progressive, like belief is progressive, like there's no one and done. And I think a lot of times our our perspective around faith and belief is is a little off because you think because faith, but the Bible says now faith. So that means your faith now, right now, faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. And so it's like your yesterday faith may not be the same level of faith that you need now. Come on now. I'll say that again. Your yesterday's faith is not may not be the same measure of faith that you need now, because the Bible talks about in Corinthians going from faith to faith. Right. So that lets us know that faith is progressive. And sometimes we are so connected to the measure of faith that we had in the old season. Come on now. Or maybe we're not connected to that faith because we've never been having to have faith for that area, right? Because I think about Abraham or Abraham, you know, um, if you know, he in the Hebrew is Abraham because they just announce, pronounce their um, letters differently. But when I think of him, you know, because I was talking to one of my good friends the other day and I was just talking about, you know, how... God is calling me um, to a certain level of faith in this season. And I had to realize that in this particular area, 
I, I have unbelief. I have doubt, you know, and the thing about it is the moment we are able to be honest with God and transparent, that's when he's able to really come in there and really help us and really begin to do a work. But the moment we continue to try to deceive ourselves by saying, no, I believe, I believe I got this, you know, God, you know, we, we say the religious rhetoric and jargon. We know the scriptures to say, you know, we know, you know, all those things, but it's like God is not looking at what we're saying out of our mouth. He's looking at our heart. That's why the word, the Bible says, and the word is quick and powerful, right? It's quick and powerful, right? And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And then it goes on to say it's able to to divide against the, the um, <laughs> discern between the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So, excuse me, y'all. I'm looking at the baby trying to see what she's doing. Um, but yes, yeah, able to discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So God's word is able to discern between your thoughts and your intents, right? God's word is able to discern if you really believe or it's just lip service. And I found that for me, when it's just lip service, I never see fruit because God, it, I don't really believe it in my heart. And so I started to come to the realization that these certain things that God is really this journey that God has me on in these areas that he's needing me or he's leading me in and he's guiding me in that I need to have faith in that I didn't have the faith. Right. Not to say I didn't have a measure of faith. But I didn't have the measure of faith that I needed. And then all of a sudden, as I'm in that conversation with her and we're talking about this, it came to my spirit. Like, you know, when I think of Abraham and I think of how the Bible says and he believed God and it was a credit to him as righteousness. Right. And then I thought about how when God asked him to to get up and to go to sacrifice Isaac, um, I said to I was I said to my friend, I said, you know, for him to have that level of faith, that measure of faith to God say, get up, take your son, take him to the mount, create, build an altar and sacrifice him. This, now, this is the promised son that you've been waiting for almost your whole life. Twenty four years you waited. You finally got him. Even though you created an Ishmael, God still came through. Because how can you relate to that? I know I can. There are times God promised me something, and there I go. I try to get my hands up in it. I start trying to produce something and create something, and I mess around and create a knockoff, right? <laughs> Come on. And so, and it don't work out. And the, and the knockoff is interesting because it always brings more grief than it does joy, right? The idea is for it to bring joy, or you know, for it to you know bring you know some fruit or something but it always brings like pain like Ishmael brought pain he brought grief to uh Sarah you know when she thought her plan was okay God taking too long so I just want to take it upon myself to create the thing that God said he was gonna give me anyway so let me just help God out and they make a choice and they follow that choice that they 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 created they made it and and then they, there was an Ishmael created right but the thing that she thought was going to give her that satisfaction or the peace or feel the void that she had because she was barren ended up bringing her more grief than anything to the point she she gets so full of, you know, so grieved in her spirit that she tell him he got to put the mama and the baby out. <laughs> so, you know, that's why we don't want to get into that. But nevertheless, you know, I'm like for Abraham to have that level of faith to take the very only son that he had with his wife the promised son that the Lord promised him in his old age 
to just get up. You know, the Bible don't say he questioned God. The Bible don't say he tarried or he delayed. He prayed about it. He got sought confirmation. Come on now, because I know sometimes when God tell you to do, at least me, I like to say for me, sometimes when God told me to do something and I know that it's like, woo, it's way out there, you know, or it's difficult or, you know, I know it's going to be very hard. Um, I'm like, even though in my heart, I'd be like, I know that was God. I'm like, well, let me pray about it. That, let me ask God to give me a sign. <laughs> you know, let me go talk it over one of my friends to see if they get the, you know, if, if they confirm it. You know, instead of me just doing what God told me to do because it's something that's just very difficult. Abraham, he did it. He got up and it just said he got up the next morning, got his son, got three of his servants, and they headed on to the mountain, to the place where he needed to go to sacrifice his son. And I thought to myself, like, we look at that story and we're like, oh my gosh, like, wow, like, you know, Abraham, he's the father of faith. He had this great faith. Oh my goodness. This and that. And those things are true, but we have to be realistic that he went on a journey with God. And that journey with God is what built him up in faith. So when God came and asked him to sacrifice his only son, he could have the now faith. Come on now. He wasn't, he wasn't, you know, trying to, you know, take from some faith he had in the past, right? Because we see in his humanist choices and decisions that he made on his journey, right? He was on a journey of faith with God. And we've seen in the early on in his journey in Genesis 12. <laughs> yeah, she, I think she thinks it's her time to um, talk on the podcast, but. Um, <laughs> anywho, you know, we see that in the onset when he first leaves his family, his relatives, and then he's on the journey. He know for a fact God called him. He's on his way. He's in movement. He's following the instruction God gave him. He's going and boom, a famine, right? And it's so interesting that that is so relative to our walk with God even today that God can call you out. God can give you an instruction. God can tell you, you know, go here, do this, leave this, go there. He can tell you and you can know that you know that it's him and he can confirm to you that he is with you and you begin to go and you in movement, you in motion and all of a sudden opposition. So when I look at that, I'm like, dang, you know, he experienced opposition. And even though he knew he was on the journey with God, he knew God had called him to go on in that direction, to go to that place. Right. He knew it. But in the same breath, when the opposition came, when the opposition came, he still responded out of fear. Right. We know it was fear because or it was either fear or, uh, you know, just what I don't know, survival. Because his thing was, we got to go to Egypt, but all right, listen, listen, Sarah, Sarai, I need you to go ahead and just tell them you just my sister. Not that you my wife because you're so beautiful that they going to see you and they going, Pharaoh going to want you for himself and so, and they'll kill me. And so it's, so just say you my sister because if you do that, then he'll take you, but then it'll go well for me, with me, right? So that's him then now trying to be God. It's like somewhere along the way, fear got so big to him. First of all, fear of something that didn't even happen yet. He didn't even know if that was really what was going to happen, right? He didn't know if he would have went and they would have seen she was beautiful. And then, yes, Pharaoh might would have wanted her. And he would have been like, no, this is my wife. Pharaoh could have been like, oh, you know what? 
my bad. He don't know, but because that's what we do. Sometimes we just don't trust God in the moment of the opposition and or we begin to doubt if this is God altogether because we're experiencing opposition. And so he made a choice. Now, God didn't condemn him for that because, again, he was on a faith journey. So he made the choice. They did it. And then, yes, things went well for him. He increased. Pharaoh took Sarai to be his wife. And then next thing you know, God put a whole diseases and whatever on Pharaoh and his household because of that. Because she was Abram's wife. Right. Because when God say he with you, he with you and everything connected to you. And so what we see is in the moment. It was unbelief that reared his ugly head. It was doubt, even though Abraham is known as the father of faith. And he is the father of faith and we see his great faith and he is listed in the great hall of faith, right? He is, but it was a journey that he continued was progressing from faith to faith and from glory to glory. So by the time he had to sacrifice Isaac, he had seen God move enough. He had seen the miracle of God enough. He had seen God do, you know, provide as Jehovah Jireh enough. He had seen God perform miracle after miracle. He had seen the faithfulness of God. He had seen the face of God. He had seen God enough in so many capacity that his Faith had was built up to a place that when God asked him to sacrifice his son, he didn't, it wasn't a second thought. He got up and did it because he had to believe that the same God that I seen rescue me time after time, the same God that I seen keep me, the same God that I seen bless me, the same God that I seen, you know, open the womb of my barren wife and she was old as dirt and I was even older. You know, the same God that did it, did that. Surely his promise is not going to die when I go up here and sacrifice my son because he already promised me that through my seed was all the earth all the inhabitants of the earth was going to be blessed and he he specifically said it wasn't going to be through ishmael because i begged and i asked him lord can it be ishmael because at that time he still didn't have a son but god said no it's going to be through the wife you the 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 son you have with your own wife and so he had enough faith in that now moment that he could go sacrifice his son and trust god even when he didn't know the outcome And so I had to say to myself and I had to say to God, like, Lord, where you have me and the now faith that I need in this moment, I need you to help my unbelief. I need you to show me in maybe other ways that you build my faith up to this place so I can believe you for these things today because I have faith for what I've seen you do yesterday. I have faith for what I've seen you do two years ago. I have that faith, but this is another measure, right? This is another level. This thing is bigger. There's more at stake. Come on now. It's, just, it's something about when it's more at stake. It's something about when the disappointment will be bigger. It's something about the failure being bigger. It's something about, you know, it just, you know, falling apart and, and, and the ramifications of that being bigger, right? That, that brings that level of uncertainty where you kind of like, 
like me, I'm, I'm today. I, I'm, it's like I'm like trying to, you know, my um, pastor was talking about how you preparing, you know, like you about to jump in, you know, for double dutch, and you kind of rocking back and forth because you looking for that for that opportune moment to get in there, you know, you ain't trying to get caught in the rope, you know, but it's like, you know, I'm vacillating, you know, from day to day, you know, like I got belief today, but then boom, opposition come, or maybe I'm just feeling, you know, the, the, the weight of my circumstances, or maybe, you know, I'm really just wavering in my faith today. So I'm, I'm back and forth. Like today I'm feeling like I believe, or this hour, I believe the next hour, I don't believe. And I had to be honest with myself, like, Lord, it's hard for me to believe you in this area because I've never seen you in this area right I've never seen God move in my life in this magnitude in this way in this demonstration on this level right this is another level so I'm, I have to be honest with God and myself like Lord help my unbelief and maybe I don't even believe because see the scripture is when the man is, I went to the disciples to seek um, deliverance for his son, and when they had to go get Jesus because they couldn't cast out the the, um, the evil spirit, and um, Jesus asked him, "Do he believe?" Right, and he said, "I believe, but help my unbelief." Sometimes I don't believe, and the moment that I was honest with God, like Lord, I just don't believe you in this area. Lord, I'm just having a hard time. Jador, really? It's not your turn. I'll give you an interview in a minute, okay? I had to be honest and say, Lord, I just don't, I don't believe in this area because I have never seen you move in my life in this area. I don't know you in this area. It's hard to trust somebody you don't know. And because God is so multifaceted and he has so many natures and characteristics and and so it's one season he might need you to know him as Jehovah Rapha he so he might have to heal you from something and then in another season you might have to know him as Jehovah Nisi he might need it to be your banner your banner of victory you know in another season you might just need it peace and so he might just need it to be Jehovah Shalom and now in this season he's like oh but I need you to know me as Jehovah Jireh it is so easy to assume a because you're a believer, you're a Christian. B because you know the word. C because you 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 know you got faith. You know you trust God. You know you love God, right? It's so easy to assume that you just gonna have faith to trust Him. And see, one thing I understand about God and understand about faith, God always gonna test His product, okay? And faith is God's product. Is what He's ever producing in us. And just like any other manufacturer, before they put something out there to the public, before they put something out there, you know, on the and 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 put it on display or put it out there, you know, so it can, you know, it can be utilized for whatever its purpose is. They got to test it. Thank God that they do. Thank God that after the, the, the vehicle is fully manufactured, that the manufacturer don't just then send it right to the dealership. But what do they do? They begin to test it. Now they want to see, do the brake system really work? They need to see, do, do, you know, do, do the, uh, you know, airbag really work? They need to see, you know, do, you know, certain parts of the, the mechanical parts of the vehicle, you know, certain parts of the computer, like, is it functioning the way I need it to function? Because when I send it out, it's got a purpose. 
When I send it out, it has a purpose. It has a purpose to get people where they need to go. It has a purpose to be a safety, to be safe for them. It has a purpose to prevent accidents. It has a purpose, you know, so you got it. They, they got to test it before they can put it out there to the masses, to the public, because they're trying to prevent a disaster. Oh, my God. I know this is Holy Spirit. I feel the Holy Spirit. God does that with us. He like, because, hey, we're in a war. We're in a war. We're in the end times. And little did we know, we said yes to Jesus. We enlisted. We got, we immediately got enlisted into being into the um, armies of God, right? We're in the end time army. And if you know anything about what's really going to take place in the end time, we've been in a war this whole time. Oh, but it's about to get super real serious in these last days. Like we going to see some things we ain't never seen. We going to see darkness on another level. We going to see the demonic really rears ugly head, right? We're going to see the things the bible says is going to happen the the you know as the earth is you know is, is moaning and groaning right as we see the signs all around us like there are things the tribulation is real you know the things that are going to take place that are really pointing to christ's return is real and if you can't if you don't have faith to believe god when god say he gonna give you a house or when God say he's going to prosper you, or when God say he's going to heal you, or when God say he going to, um, you know, you, you're going to be married, or he's going to restore your marriage, or whatever it is, the impossible thing is for you. When he say he's going to bring that wayward child back home, when he say he is going to open your barren womb, when he's going to say he's going to heal you from some terminal illness that they say there is no cure from, whatever it is. I don't, it don't matter. But if you don't have faith to believe that God is going to do that, you're not going to have faith to stand when they come telling you that you either going to take this mark or we won't cut your head off. Or when you where or when there's real demons out here in, in the reality, in, in the earth, when there are things, when there's horrors and terrors, right? You're not going to be able to stand because you can't even believe God for, for the for things that don't have nothing that we that are simple in a sense and get it trust me i'm there with you because <laughs> I, like i said i'm struggling myself but that's the reality because it's gonna come a time where being a christian is already not the favorable popular thing now but it's gonna get a lot worse you know, how you going to have faith when they tell you because you don't got the mark, you can't you can't go into the store. You can't barter. You can't you know, you can't you you you, you can't buy and sell. What you know, when they tell you, you know, or when when things are presented to you in such a way, you know, where 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 just just bowing, just bowing down, kissing the feet of bow and when they package it and it looks so good. Where, Okay, when you real hungry because you ain't had a meal, you know, in weeks because you can't buy and sell and you ain't prepared like and do what God told you to do. Or for whatever reason, you know, maybe, you know, you have a child and they need milk or they need medicine or they need oh when 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 the when the when the, when the pressure is on for real, for real. 
when the pressure is on for real for real and they package it in such a way like all you got to do is take the mark all you got to do you know is worship the, you know this individual all you got to do is take this thing all you got to and, and you you can have everything you need you can have all the medicine you need for your sickness you can have all the medicine you need for your sick child you can have all the food you need to feed your family you can have all the money you need to go and enjoy life if you just do this one thing how are you going to stand lord help my unbelief my god lord help my unbelief so what god is doing for us he is training us and he is building up our faith and he is taking our faith from faith to faith this is why you need now faith yes you may have had yesterday's faith but you need now faith because where god is doing what he's doing now is on another level is it's going to require more of you it's going to require you to trust god like you've never trusted him it's going to require you to actually do what the bible say do you're going to truly have to walk by faith and not by sight you're going to have to ignore the circumstances yes the circumstances are real yes that you may be experiencing it or it may be impacting you in a physical way but you have to have more faith in what god said than what you see because we don't walk by we we walk by faith not by sight and so we have to continue to declare it to continue to believe what thus saith the lord even if we are the only one can you imagine being Noah? And the thing that I find so interesting when I was studying out um, the story of Noah um, some weeks ago is, and I, again, that's a very familiar, um, you know, passage of scripture, a story in the, in the word, right? However, one thing that really stuck out to me in that moment was the fact that only Noah, his wife, their three sons and their son's wives got on the ark okay what we have to understand is amongst those people who were destroyed in the flood were noah's other family members and i had never thought about that or even paid that any attention before and because i ended up going back to the part of genesis where it's breaking down the genealogy and when it gets to um noah's father Right. And it talks about how, you know, he began Noah and, and, you know, and Noah, this and that. And then he had many other sons and daughters. We're talking about Noah's father. Not only he didn't just have Noah. He had many other sons and daughters. So that lets you know Noah had siblings. He had a mother. He had a father. He had grandparents. He had siblings. He had nieces and nephews like he had family. And of all the people on the earth, the only ones in his family that even was spared and was saved with him was his wife and his three sons. Do you, how much faith? <laughs> how much faith do you have to have? How much belief in God and trust in God do you have to have to build an ark and to take you 120 years? See, oh, my God. See. Some of you, some of us, God has been having us build an ark. And it may not be a physical boat, right, that you're building, but God has been causing you to build up your ministry. So you've been experiencing, 
Oh, see, even she's feeling it. See, she's in agreement. Um, you've been, you know, experiencing different areas in your life where you've been going through storm after storm. You know, you experiencing some, some extreme trials and tribulations. You've experienced, you know, financial crises. You experienced loss. You've experienced all sorts of things because God is telling you you're, he's building your ark. This, that is preparation for your ministry. Come on now. Maybe, you know, you've been holding on to the promise of singleness. Oh, excuse me. I, the, no, I renounced that. The promise of marriage. Please forgive me. You've been holding on to the promise of marriage. Maybe God, like he did with Abraham and Sarah, maybe he spoke to you 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago that he had marriage for you. Maybe he even went specific and said, I have this person for you. And you've been holding on to that, but you ain't seen the fruit and you've been going through these different seasons, you know, where God has been pruning you and purging you. He's been shaping you and molding you. You know, he's been, you know, taking things out that needed to be taken out. He's been working on your heart, working on forgiveness, working on grace, working on love, working on faithfulness, working on submitting to him, obeying him. Right. Because the Bible says Wives, submit unto your husbands as unto the Lord. Well, if you don't know how to submit to the Lord, baby girl, you ain't submitting to no husband. Okay? God has called. He was, he's been, you've been building your ark. He's been preparing you for the very thing he promised you. So yes, it may have taken some time. And here's the thing. The people that you expect to go with you may not be the ones that go. Because again, Noah has other family members that perished in the flood. How do you know and see and witness your whole entire bloodline outside of who in the boat with you, in the ark with you, perish and not take it personal and not blame God or think God is mean or think God is all, you know, is, is, is evil because he, you know, allowed this flood. And how do you be able to love God and trust God, trust God that his sovereignty and that his justice and that his, you know, that his love is so great, even when you don't understand it in your human mind and that he didn't do this to them. It was the choice they made and they did it to themselves because they refused to repent. That's faith. Noah had to believe God. Come on now. Come on, somebody. And I'm challenging you to believe God and be honest with yourself and with God. You don't have to tell other people unless you feel like you need to or you desire. But you need to be honest with yourself and God. If if what God is having you believe for in this moment, if what God has you right now is, is an area and you know you lacking in faith, you know, you struggling with unbelief, you know, you don't believe at all, you know, you know that you need some help, you need to go cry out to God and ask him, the Bible says that God said he will help you and hold you up with his righteous right arm, that he is a present help in the time of trouble, that you cry out and the Lord will answer you, a lot of times God ain't intervening because we not crying out, inviting him in, that's why it's a broken spirit and a contrite heart. We have to humble ourselves and be honest to say, I don't got it all together. 
I don't really, I'm struggling right now. I don't really believe God like, like I need to in this, in this season. I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm wavering, you know, in my faith. The Bible says, don't get weary. I'm getting weary, right? Be not weary and well doing. Maybe you weary and well doing. Say that to God so he can give you a refreshing. Say that so he can mount you up on wings as eagles that you shall run and not be weary, walk and not faint because you're waiting on him because the righteous will not be forsaken. But in order for us to really get to where we need to be in our faith and our belief for our now, come on now, for the now. And I go back to the earth. It took Mo, it took Noah 120 years to build something he had never seen before. To prepare for something he had never seen before. Listen to me. It took him 120 years to build something he had never seen before and to prepare for something he had never seen before. Why is that significant? Because one thing I always say to myself, I always, 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 always have desired to be married and desired to be a wife. But the reality is growing up in my community, in my family, in my, you know, within the people who are, you know, around me, I never seen nobody being married. And I never seen nobody have a healthy marriage. And I had never seen nobody have a godly marriage. Like never. That's not an exaggeration. I didn't see that never growing up I guess the only example I would have had growing up is watching Family Matters or the Huxtables or you know whatever show that was on TV that was a portrait or that portrayed the black family in a positive light right because let's be real it's not about black or white but you tend to identify with people who look like you so in my personal life I never seen it. And so the thought that all this time, because I've been believing to be married. Now, where the idea of marriage even came from as a little girl, I don't know, because my mom never has been married. Her and my stepfather were shacking up for over 20 years. Okay. So again, I didn't see it with my mom. I didn't see it with my uncle. I didn't see it with, with my grandmother because she had already been divorced a few times before I was born, I, I'm assuming. And so, um, and then my aunt, she did get married, but that, you know, ended in divorce. So again, growing up, I didn't see that. But where that desire came from, because it's always been there and it's always been very, very, um, it's always been like a burning, right? It's been like a very, just a huge, you know, just desire in my heart. And it's always been there since a child. I believe that because that's, it was from God. But here, here I am, you're talking decades later from being a little girl daydreaming and fantasizing about being married, about being a wife, about having children and being a mother, about having a family. Like I, I, I dreamed about that. I fantasized about that as a child to hear it be the age that I am today and still not be walking in that. And then having to realize that God is saying, like I just said, he's been preparing me all this time. I've been building an ark for a godly marriage 
for a marriage that is going to have God as the anchor and the center, that God is the foundation and the glue, that he's the source, right? That he's that third strand core, that I can walk as a godly woman and godly wife, that my husband will be a godly man, that we can create a godly environment, that we can raise godly children. Again, this is something I've never seen. So God has been preparing me to build something I've never seen to prepare me for something I've never seen. Again, I've never seen no being a godly wife I never see nobody having a godly marriage I never see nobody have a healthy marriage but see it takes time in the same way it took Noah time but what Noah had to keep doing every single day for 120 years he had to keep believing that what God said was going to come to pass no matter how long it took no matter how exhausted he was no matter how sometimes he was just ready to quit and give up no matter how much you know how difficult it was can you imagine he ain't have no blueprint he ain't have these big you know elaborate you know machines and tools you know he working with you know the bare minimum having to cut down you who knows how many trees to make the wood to even create the you know to make the art because it was huge because not only was him and his family on it so were animals do you can you imagine just how tedious and just how you know exhaustive and and just how much it required just on a physical level let alone a mental and a spiritual level but yet and still he he stayed faithful 120 years to complete see because the good work that the lord began in him he completed it right and so it took him 120 years to complete it in faith he had to build something he never seen before to prepare for something he never seen. They had never seen rain from the sky. They used, the water used to spring up from the ground. It used to just be all these springs and they, the water would spring out and it would just, you know, water the earth. And so you're talking about something that never had happened in history. So yeah, you might be the first one in your family to be married. You may be a first generation college graduate. You may be a first generation business owner. You may be a first generation minister. You may be a first generation teacher. You may be a first generation, whatever God is calling you, but just know that it's the art that you are building right now that is going to be the very thing that you're going to step into and, and see you're going to be able to float. You're going to be able to just be at to sail just to be at sea when all the waves is raging all around the world all around everything and everyone else see you're going to be in that safety you're going to be in that place of safety because another thing about the art that I found profound that I never had realized or saw in the story before is the fact that it never says that God gave Noah any directives on how to create anything to steer the ark with Again, so you mean to tell me that not only did he build this big old thing he had never seen, all he had was this the instructions God gave him. He followed the instructions. He stayed the course. He didn't give up. He didn't say, okay, it's been a year. Okay, it's been six months. Okay, it's been five years. Okay, it's been 10 years. Okay, Lord, it's been 20 years. It was 120 years. That's a human lifespan. 120 years is a long time. Lord forbid. I don't want to wait that long for anything. However, they lived longer than we did, but he stayed the course, right? He built this thing. Not only did he build it, he followed the rest of the instructions, put his family and got two of each animal and put them in, right? And then he shut the door and he sealed it up. 
and he trusted God to lead to to he trusted God to navigate where he was taking the boat. It doesn't ever say that Noah had any control over the direction of the boat, of the ark. So he believed God and believed in God so much that he built this thing in belief. He got in it in belief and then he trusted God to drive, to navigate, to lead, to take it in the direction it needed to be. He believed. How do we get to that faith, right? So a couple of tools, a couple of tips um, for us to increase our faith is simply ask for the gift of faith. If you don't know, there are gifts of the spirit. You have the gift of faith. You have the gift of healing, the gift of um, tongues, the gift of interpretation of the, the tongues, the gift of prophecy, the gift of wisdom, the gift of not the word of wisdom, the gift of word of knowledge, um, the gift of um, miracles and um, the gift um, of faith. So you can ask God, Lord, increase my gift of faith. The Bible say we have not because we ask not. <laughs> so number one, we can just simply ask. Lord, I'm I'm listen, I'm struggling, Lord, in this area. I know I you need me to be on this level. I need to be able to have this level of faith, but Lord, I need you to help me increase my gift of faith. Amen. Also, you know, you could just simply be honest with God. Be honest with God about where you are, Lord. I'm struggling. I don't like I want to believe you, but if I'm honest, I really don't. You know, I'm 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 nervous. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of being disappointed again. I'm afraid that it's not going to work out this time. I'm afraid that I'm going to fall on my face again. Can you help me, Lord? Sometimes just asking for help. Even if you don't know exactly what it is you need, right? God just wants us to come to him. Right? And so when you do that, you'll be surprised that you will start the Lord will begin to move in your life and your situation may not change immediately. And it may, but you may find yourself having more peace. You may find yourself having more joy. You may find yourself not even worrying about that thing. And next thing you know, that's faith. Come on now, that's belief. When you really trust God, that means you ain't worrying. You're not anxious for nothing. And you're giving God thanksgiving. That's our third thing. So number one, ask. Ask God for a double portion or to increase your gift of faith. Amen. Because it's a gift of the spirit. Um, number two, just tell God you need help. Just simple. Just you don't have to have an elaborate prayer. Don't have to have certain words. Just say, Lord, help me. I need help, right? The Bible again says that He's a present help in our time of trouble so ask him for help and the third thing is be grateful have a, a heart and attitude of gratitude right just thank him yes sometimes when we just constantly just make it a point and be intentional to say lord i thank you lord i thank you what and fill in the blank of whatever he's you know whatever you're believing for wherever he's you know leading you to believe for whatever you know he has promised you lord i thank you that i um, that i have my god ordained um 
spouse. Thank you, Lord God, have my God ordained marriage. Thank you, Lord God, that you're using our marriage, Lord God, to, to do great and mighty things. Thank you, Lord God, that our marriage has a purpose and, 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 and souls will be saved because of our marriage. Thank you, Lord God. Whatever it is, just, just begin to thank him anyway for what it is you desire or what it is your heart, what the, your heart is telling you that God wants to do with whatever he's blessing you with. Lord, thank you for uh, my new home. Thank you for a home for me and my children to call our own. Thank you for home ownership, oh God. Thank you for a house of prayer so I can hold a prayer meeting in my home. Thank you, Lord God, that upon this rock you should build your church, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that I can have church and Bible study out of my home. Thank you, Lord God, that my home is a peaceful habitation. It's a resting place. Thank you, Lord God. Begin to just thank him because the more you thank him, the more your mind is now going to be focused on, you know, the goodness of God and what you're believing for and not what everything that is um, falling apart. So those are my three tips. Um, I will put them in the description box, but I will say them one more time um, in case you need to write them down. Number one is ask God for to increase your gift of faith. It is a gift. Um, I think it's in, I don't know if it's first or second Corinthians where it talks about the gifts of the spirit. I would highly encourage you to um, Google it, look it up, um, go and study that out. Study the gifts of the spirit because you need to first of all, understand what is your inheritance as a saint? What is your inheritance as a child of God? And the gifts of the spirit, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, those are your, that those are your rights, right? So just simply ask God. Also, you can um, just tell God you need help, ask him to help you. Now, many times we see David in the Psalms cry out to God when the enemies was, you know, pursuing him, when they were seeking to, you know, kill him, take his life. He would just cry out to God, Lord, you know, um, don't allow my enemies to triumph over me. Lord, help me. You know, I am nothing. I can't get my, you know, I'm nothing against my enemies. You know, I'm as, you know, grass, whatever, you know, he just cried out to God and just said, Lord, help me, you know, Lord, rescue me from my enemies. And so, Lord, help me in this situation. Help me in my in the area of my belief. Just ask God for help. And then number three, just be grateful. Have an attitude of gratitude. Begin to thank God for it already being done. Begin to thank God, you know, for the things he has done before. But thank God. Thank him for what you are believing for. Amen. And just know that it may have taken time. Right. You may have been building an ark and didn't even know it. Whatever God is doing in your life is preparing you for whatever your destiny is, whatever your purpose is. And so um, just ask God to reveal that to you, to show you the vision, to, you know, help you to see what it is he's doing in your life. Again, um, Elisha's servant, he had to have his eyes open. You know, Elisha had to pray to the Lord to open his servant's eyes because all his servant. All his servants saw was them being surrounded, you know, by this um, guy who wanted to come and, you know, brought like a small army to come in to kill them. But then um, Elisha had to pray for his eye, the servant's eyes to be open. So then he was able to see, take his eyes, take his focus off the people who were coming to pursue him to see that there were chariots of fire all around them from the armies of God that were there to fight for them and to, you know, and that were on their side. And so sometimes we just need to take our focus off the thing that's in front of us, you know, what seems like it's pursuing us. Amen. So excuse me again for um our little special guest i know she has um she she's been you know 
trying to talk and making noise and doing things in the background. Please excuse her. But um, I pray that this episode has truly been a blessing to you. It has blessed me. Reach out to me if you're being blessed by the podcast. If this episode blessed you, if you're able to rate it on the um platform that you're listening on, please don't hesitate to do so. Um, I'm looking to gain more visibility um, in this season and the seasons to come because I believe what God is doing in this podcast we need more people to hear from God. We need more people to really be impacted by what God is doing. So um, it's not about me. It's about getting the message out to the people because we're living in the last days. So share, share, share. Um, I just want to just leave you guys with a with a prayer. I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you. I pray that the Lord will make his face to shine upon you, be gracious.